So sixes are titled the loyalist. Um, they are super committed to the things they care about, to the people they care about, to their belief systems. Um, they're very security oriented. So um, sometimes this means that they have a lot of anxious thoughts about things. Um, but as Chris says, you'll see in a minute in his video, sixes are not the only people who feel anxious thoughts, right? <laughs> um, and that's why these videos that he says, six is the part of us again. So like we all have this within us um, and it's, you can be really healthy. You can be a really healthy six, right? Like I think sixes have this um, kind of stereotype of always being like so uptight and scared and within themselves that it's just like impossible to break through and it's not true, right? It depends on your level of health um, and unhealth. Um, but they are very security oriented. They care about things being in the right order. They care about things being safe. They tend to think of what can go wrong. Um, and that's good, right? Like we need that in the world. Um, we, we have Chris who is on our leadership team at church and to hear his perspective on things and events is seriously super helpful. Um, so the reason they're like this is because um, of their motivations, right? So they want that security. They want that support. They want, they want to feel supported by other people. They also tend to seek out reassurances a lot to know that um, their thoughts, their beliefs, the people they care about still are secure. They still um, are safe that that's that's still that's still like their bubble is still okay um they love that right that the couple questions in that short video we just watched of what can i trust what can i depend on who can i trust who can i depend on those are questions that are always playing in the background of dominant sixes in their heads it's it's always going back and forth they have this really deep fear of being abandoned right being abandoned by the people that they care about um, but also the systems that they find security and support in so they want to know that those things are secure and okay so unhealthy sixes they tend to lack self-confidence um, again at an unhealthy state not all sixes lack in self-confidence um, they they fear that they can't handle life stresses alone um, so they they feel like they need other people to tell them what they're supposed to believe they need other people to tell them how they're supposed to live um, they they rely on systems or other people um, when they are unhealthy and that that is the only place where they find security um, when sixes are more healthy they realize that they can find that within themselves um, but their gifts of seeing what can go wrong and seeing the world in a certain picture they realize that those gifts are still really important but they don't have to fully rely on other people or systems beliefs whatever it is that comforts them the most they don't have to rely on that to feel whole so stress and growth we talked about this last week uh, but sixes they go to three in stress You'll see it on your screen or um, on the PowerPoint here. And in growth, they go to nine. So again, what that means is in times of stress, a situation that's really stressful or just in general life, when sixes are at a stress point, 
they tend to uh, act more like a three. They tend to take on some of the qualities of a three. And so, for example, in a very stressful time, sixes may become competitive or arrogant, kind of the negative side of three. Um, but they also might take on a little bit other parts of three. Maybe they just feel like in a stress time, they feel like they need to do well at something. So they start doing really well. They start getting really intense into something. They bring a good energy, um, but they may also become a little too competitive. <laughs> it may not be in a healthy way. But when um, sixes are in a place of growth, when they're in situations where um, their life is just in a place where they can feel secure, they become more like a nine. They can become more relaxed, more easygoing, have a positive outlook on life, which again is in a lot of ways opposite of six, right? Like if their normal is this baseline, um, thinking what can go wrong, people tend to think that as a negative outlook, but if they're in a place of growth, um, they may become more relaxed. Um, it's a very weird switch and a drastic switch, but a really, really good switch. The wings for a six are five and seven. Again, your wings for whatever your dominant number is are the two right next to it. So a five wing, a person who is dominant in number six and has a dominant five wing, this person, I have saw it titled the defender or the guardian. Um, this person tends to be really smart, right? Like they take on a lot of those five qualities. They're smart, they're problem solving. They also become a little more independent than most other sixes, because fives, again, tend to insulate themselves a lot from others. So they become a little more independent, um, but they really pursue knowledge. They want to know, um, they want to know something about topics, but they approach it through the lens of, um, of a six. So they want to know the security side of it. Where, where's the good in this? Where's the balance? Where is, where can I feel comforted in this system or belief, whatever they're researching. A seven wing, a six with a dominant seven wing, I uh, saw a title of the buddy or the confidant. We haven't got to seven yet. Um, but they tend to be very high energy and fun people. So this this uh, six type, sorry, type a dominant six with a seven wing tends to be more social. So they, um, they tend to tell more jokes. They tend to be a little more lively um, in comparison to the five wing who tends to be a little more reserved um, and by themselves. So this is one of those wing situations where if you feel like you're a dominant six, it's likely you know where you land um, on the wings because a five and a seven are very different. Um, so in just a second, we are going to listen to Chris talk about it. I wanted to um, teach a little bit at first this time because Chris uses the words phobic and counterphobic. Um, and I wanted to explain what that meant before he said it so you could understand where he's coming from. So. Phobic and counterphobic is something that applies to sixes. And I'll just say what it is and then try to explain it as we go. It's a little confusing, truthfully. Um, but once you get it, it makes sense. So phobic sixes, uh, when they sense danger or trouble or something that causes them not to feel secure, essentially something that causes them not 
to feel secure. Phobic sixes usually act cautious. They become compliant um, or ambivalent. They, they lie low um, with whatever's going on. They kind of ignore it and try to let it play out on its own. Counterphobic sixes work against whatever that uh, trouble or stress or whatever's making them not feel secure or comforted. Um, counterphobic senses, when they sense that, they kind of attack that thing. They, they go at it to provoke it, to try to make it play out now, right? So phobic sixes just want to lie low and whatever will happen with it, they feel insecure about it, but it's just gonna happen. Counterphobic sixes um, go at it. They try to counter whatever, whatever this problem or danger, what they sense as danger is, they want it to play out now. They want to deal with it now. Um, and those are two very, very different approaches to, um, to danger, to whatever they're feeling that's making them not feel secure. So that's what phobic and counterphobic is. Um, famous people who are sixes, again, this list, we're not completely positive how accurate it is. It's just lists that we found at different places. Um, Tom Hanks is apparently a six. There was a bazillion and a half um, listed on the Enneagram Institute website for famous people who are sixes. They say it's the most common number, um, but Tom Hanks, Malcolm X, Jennifer Aniston, some fictional characters. I saw one list that had Frodo as a six, and I saw a different list that had Bilbo as a six. So I put them both in there. You can make your judgment on what you think. <laughs> um, and another list had Ron Weasley as a six. Although on the other website I was looking at, Ron, it had Ron as a three. Um, I don't know what the truth is, but um, I see a lot of six in it, so I put it anyways, just in case. And the last one was Mulan. Again, I don't know how accurate it is, but uh, Mulan was on the list, and somebody that's super well-known, so I wanted to throw it on there. Um, at their best, sixes are affectionate, incredibly loyal, good people to have around who offered this ridiculous amount of support. They're absolute joys to be around when they're healthy. Um, at their worst, sixes can be panicky, volatile, right? Like they, they always think they're being persecuted. Um, they think everything is going to go wrong when they're unhealthy. So there's a whole range of where they can be, but when they are good, they are, they are really, really good. So that's an intro into sixes. Uh, we are going to let Chris talk about it for a few minutes, and it is a recorded little Zoom interview that we did last weekend. There are a couple parts that it freezes and you can't hear it. Nothing was said in that part, those parts where he didn't say it right after as well. So we're not, you don't lose anything. So we decided just to keep the recording and not have to re-record it. So. Chris Holland. He is a church member 
uh, at Mosaic Church. He is repping his shirt, and I love that. Um, but this morning, um, or evening, if you're watching this later, whenever you're watching it, uh, I'm interviewing Chris about his dominant number on the Enneagram and what it's like to be that number and how it, how it affects him. And uh, so you can learn more about uh, who he is, but also kind of you may learn about who you are as well in the process. Um, so Chris, uh, what number are you dominant in and how did you, how'd you come to find that? Yeah, thanks Michael. Hi everybody. Uh, I would say I'm an Enneagram 6 uh, and as you'll, you'll probably see there's a phobic and a counterphobic and 6s tend to kind of a 2 but I'd see uh, on the phobic side. I'm, I'm aware of that. So uh, as that comes up at the phobic 6. So uh, I think Charity actually introduced me to the concept and uh, Christy kind of dug into it a bit and uh, ordered a couple books. Uh, found a few podcasts, so uh, taking the test, looking through the books, reading about the different types, uh, and then particularly uh, listening to podcasts at, at times and hearing other folks, uh, self-professed type sixes, I was like, yep, that, that's me, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I have similarness of um, how I found my number had a lot to do with listening to other people tell their story of that number and being like, oh, mm -hmm. man, that's my life. Right. Um, so, as a six, um, what would you say your superpower is? That's how one podcaster asked the question, and I kind of like it. Like, what what is so good about being a six? Like, what is some goodness that you bring to the world? Uh, it, I, I might cheat and give two answers, but uh, I, I think first, from you know, being a six in the group, uh, whatever the group is, uh, tend tend to see things coming maybe before they happen a little bit. Uh, uh, I think that's born from uh, maybe being a worst case scenario kind of thing and trying to be prepared. So uh, if, you, if you've got a six on your team, uh, the six in the interview advises you to listen. Uh, and, and the other piece of that, I mentioned, you know, being part of the group that I think some of them are even described as, uh, you know, the, the loyalty uh, piece of the Enneagram, but uh, sixes are extremely loyal, uh, almost to a fault at, at times. Uh, and I would say, uh, you know, maybe jumping ahead a little bit, but uh, I would describe myself as having commitment issues, uh, not in a negative sense, uh, but to the point of I, I'm, I'm not going to sign up or say yes if I don't think I'm fully committed and able to do it. Yeah, I have a couple of friends who are sixes, and uh, I'll probably we'll probably talk about this at some other point during the service. But they are really, really good friends. Like that loyalty and fully in on something. Um, I appreciate it. Okay, <laughs> uh, very good. Um, so kind of the opposite of that now. Uh, that's like the goodness you bring and kind of your superpower per se. But what if? Um, what are some blind spots? How has the Enneagram helped you see some of your blind spots and um, work through those? What are, what are some of those? Uh, well, that, that superpower, you know, it's a little bit uh, flip side of, on the kryptonite, you know, for Superman or something. But uh, in the, uh, I tend to focus a little too much on worst case, uh, the what if and what if and what if, uh, and, and miss, uh, miss something in the process, you know, uh, being concerned about um, what might happen instead of what is happening. 
uh, and not, not being as present uh, as, as I would like to be. Um, you know, some of the self-study and, and research uh, in, the, in the type six, we uh, tend toward type three in stress, uh, if, if that makes sense for folks. But uh, uh, that could be a good thing, that, you know, going someplace uh, to another type in stress and help you get through and work through that stress. But uh, as looking for that worst case scenario and shifting to type three in the process, uh, I can tend to become a little bit of a taskmaster. Uh, and, and maybe at the risk of relationship around me potentially. Uh, so that's probably that's something I've had to try to be a little more mindful of. Uh, I'm not totally sure that's a blind spot per se, but uh, it does sneak up on you sometimes. Yeah, um, I, we're not sure when, what order we're using this in the service yet. So we may have talked about where you go in stress and, and growth. Um, if not, we'll talk about it shortly in the service. Um, but I think I like that you, Enneagram helped give you language to see your blind spots in a way that you can use it for your advantage. So um, what I heard you saying was you go to three in stress. Um, so you recognizing um, when you become a taskmaster, maybe it's time to take a step back and evaluate. Um, and see where you are and if you're in an unhealthy place. Um, exactly. Yeah, I think that's good. That's good. Um, just one last question. What is, what is anything else? It can be one thing, it can be three things, whatever. What's something, anything else that you want us to know about being in Enneagram 6? If you just had to yell to your friends or family, like, this is about me. Like, this is, this is what I want you to know or the world. Like, what do you what do you want to say? Uh, well, I think uh, type six you mentioned, you know, uh, can be a very loyal, good friend. Uh, but I, I think maybe as people learn more about the Enneagram, uh, you know, even the term I used, the phobic six before, and uh, the term anxiety kind of comes along with it uh, as well. I, I think that's true. Uh, I think we are probably generally more anxious people, but uh, a lot of us can and, and do use that uh, that anxiety to toward good. Uh, like I said, it gets back to, you know, hey, what could go wrong and what are we going to do about it when it happens, being prepared, uh, that kind of thing. I, I think sixes, uh, sixes bring a lot to the world uh, in a good way. We're not just uh, the anxious stress balls, although that does happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, um, Again, uh, we just wanted to interview somebody in our congregation that's done work with the Enneagram and just to give you a brief window into their life and who they are. Um, so Chris, I want to say thank you for sharing some things about yourself, some, some good and bad, right? Like there's, yep. there's, there's all of that in us. Um, so thanks for sharing and uh, I'm glad that we can learn from who you are. You bet. Thanks, Michael. I appreciate it. We do appreciate, um, 
we do appreciate Chris being willing to jump in. We're going to be doing these, whether it's by video. We just uh, knew they're they're out in the Midwest, and so we wanted to um, we wanted to make sure that we heard from Chris. That's part of why we started with the five is knowing who amongst us knows Enneagram already and what number they are. Um, we didn't want to start with Michael or myself, um, and uh, we wanted to start with um, somebody who was a part of Mosaic, not staff of Mosaic, and um, uh, knew that Chris would, uh, felt like Chris would be willing to to share a little bit about himself. It's those part of the Enneagram that is hard is when you know kind of what your number is, you know, um, <laughs> when you're sharing um, that with other people, you're sharing um, your strengths, but you're also sharing like your biggest vulnerabilities. And th- I mean, we told you that week one, like you're going to, you're going to really um, see the best of yourself. And there's going to be times where you're going to be a little disgusted with yourself. Um, so um, there's uh, maybe disgusted is not the right word, but um, one of the challenges is um, finding um, uh, learning more about yourself. Um, if you're here in person this week, I did bring a couple of Enneagram books that I would recommend. I will include these um, in our weekly email. Um and I'm just remembering, I know Amazon and Target have a book sale going on. It's like buy two, get one free. So we may, I hadn't thought about that until just this moment. We may go ahead and put that out early in the week um, with uh, some other books. Uh, most, A lot of the books I have are on my Kindle app. That's more convenient for me. But I do have a couple of like, you can hold them kind of books as well that I brought. Um, to start us out, our scripture reading is just a little bit different. I have this um, book called uh, that is from the Message. It's uh, it is by Eugene Peterson, who um, gave us the, um, the gave us the message, um, and it's uh, his unfolding grace. And it's different kind of topics where they take scriptures that are translated in the Message version and put them together. And um, this morning, I want to read. Um, learning the unforced rhythms of grace as our scripture for this morning. I'm awake all night, not a wink of sleep. I can't even say what's bothering me. I go over the days one by one. I ponder the years gone by. God, you've kept track of my every toss and turn through the sleepless nights. Each tear entered in your ledger, each ache written in your book. Jesus said, walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I'm leaving you well and whole. That's my parting gift to you. Peace. I don't leave you the way you're used to being left, feeling abandoned, bereft, So don't be upset. Worry weighs us down. A cheerful word picks us up. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Pile your troubles on God's shoulders. He'll carry your load. He'll help you out. 
People who won't settle down, wandering hither and yon, are like restless birds flitting to and fro. Don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled and aflame. Be alert servants of the master. Let's not allow ourselves to get fatigued doing good. At the right time, we will harvest a good crop if we don't give up or quit. For God is greater than our worried hearts and knows more about us than we do ourselves. Type sixes reflect the image of God's loyalty and bravery, but their basic desire is, it's important to me that I feel secure and supported. The basic fear is, I am fearful of being left out on my own, that I will be without support and guidance and won't be able to survive without it. There is a it's a picture, it's a meme that's going around Facebook and Instagram. It's been doing it for years. Um, I've talked about it before in a sermon. Um, I've seen it a bunch of times. Um, it's the phrase, uh, it, it, well, it's, it says, the phrase, do not be afraid, is written 365 times in the Bible, one for every day, reminding us to be fearless. Only, I did a little research, and that's not exactly true. Um, I'm going to admit, I did not go through the Bible and count it, um, but I did uh, find a couple people who did do a more in-depth search. Um, One said that it was around 150. Another said it was close to 80 times. But both agreed that a lot of these times that the Bible talks about fear and not being afraid are things we don't necessarily want to be associated with. (laughs) They're about war and revenge um, and not really applicable to us in 2021 um, in the way that we're talking about it. And this got me thinking, why do we culturally need to hear that God said, do not fear once for every day. Like, how does this keep making its rounds? Uh, As I've pointed out before when I talked about this, it wasn't until 1079 that we got a 365-day-a-year calendar. So I don't believe that was God's intent, but I do believe it appears so often because God knew that most of us would need to keep hearing that message again and again. It is easy for sixes to walk around in our world with eyes wide open, looking for security, looking for what could go wrong, looking for what to trust. The podcast that I shared this past week on our weekly email um, had an interview by Suzanne Stabile, and the interviewee that she was uh, that she was interviewing, um, Suzanne asked her, "So tell me, do you feel like you can trust yourself more than you can trust other people?" And in the interview, the interview, she says, "Oh no, I can only trust my doubt. I can only trust my doubt. I can't trust myself or others. I can only trust my doubt." Richard Rohr says in his book that about the Enneagram that most Enneagram scholars believe that type sixes are the most common personality type around the world. And that makes sense, as he says, because the rate of changes that are happening in our world, it feels like there's not a lot firm to stand on. Um, we do know that Fundamentalism is on the rise in politics literally around the world. Um, It's not just something we see on January 6th here in the U.S. 
there's this global kind of anxiety that exists right now. I can't help but think of how the world would be different if we weren't operating out of our doubt, out of our questions, out of our fear. What would happen if people were more willing to listen and change their minds about things rather than doubling down on their beliefs out of fear and wanting to be certain? What would happen if we were not afraid that we would never have enough, but if we saw it as more important to make certain that others had enough? I saw a tweet this week that said something like, if I was Jeff Bezos, I would just fix problems every week. Like this week, I'm going to get rid of homelessness. He could be like Batman. But we know he's not like Batman. (laughs) He is holding tight to that money and building an empire. And this past year, a global pandemic has continued changes in our power structures here in the U.S., and that's only made anxiety rise more. This is the kind of transformation we talked about, why we are studying the Enneagram. If globally we could understand our own fears and anxieties, if we could harness the questions and the loyalty for good, it would change everything. The gift of of a life of faith in God is that we can lean into a God that cares about our fears, that says we don't have to fear. We don't have to know it all. God can be trusted. Anxiety lives completely in the future. Anxiety is a belief that if we try hard enough, we will be able to see, to handle, to keep the worst from happening. This can be a helpful perspective, but it can also become consuming. Here's where we trust our doubt and our questions more than anything else. Here and now, you are safe and secure. All of those questions that you fear aren't real right now and may never be real. But if they do happen, you are strong enough. God is big enough to be trusted with those moments. We talked about this some when we talked about the story of Moses. We've, we've hit fear and anxiety a few times this year. Uh, that has been intentional. We talked about Moses in the fall. And more importantly, we, we talked about the Israelites as Moses is on the top of the mountain talking to God. The Israelites began to fear when Moses had been gone too long. At the top of the mountain, uh, it was covered in a cloud and they, they didn't understand what was happening. And so they decided to melt down all of their uh, gold and create a golden calf out of it. This was gold that God was going to use in constructing the temple for them and for God, but, but they lost sight of that. They needed something they could reach out and touch, something that they could see. This was a very collective six kind of thing to do. We are out here in the desert. Sure, we've seen some miracles, but but maybe something's changed. Maybe God's mad at us now. We need some certainty. We need to be sure. We need to worship something that we can understand. Do not shortchange the work of faith and wonder of God in your life like they did. Don't cling to scripture because it gives you something, or excuse me, don't cling to leaders, spouses, friends, family, or even someone's interpretation of scripture. That's what I meant to say. Because it gives you something solid to cling to. 
whenever you feel like you've got God figured out and it's simple, straightforward answers, you have lost sight of God. There is one thing that you can be certain of, though. When it comes to God, God will provide. God loves you. You are created in the image of God, and you are a beloved child of God. Scripture tells us that just as God created the flowers of the field, created the flowers of the field and dressed them in splendid wonder, and as God feeds and cares for the most common of all the birds, God will care for us. Do not fear. God says over and over. I know we're not supposed to type people. We're not supposed to guess what things are. But I had a moment this week where I realized that I think my dog is an Enneagram 6. <laughs> he is protective. He is loyal. He loves his people. He is constantly looking for where the danger is. We walk out of our house in the morning um, to go to the bathroom first thing, and it takes him time. It frustrates me because I just want to be back inside in the house where the coffee is and where the breakfast is. And Bug needs to survey the neighborhood and make sure that everything is okay at the start of this day. Is anything out of place? Anything wrong? Um, He sniffs the air. He looks around. He walks along the sidewalk one way and then the other way. He also hates the sound of gunfire, like off in the distance. You know, we live in Johnston County, so there is gunfire often happening somewhere away off. Um, or like fireworks. Again, people in Johnston County love their fireworks, I have learned in the last couple of years living here. Um, and even if they're really far off in the distance, if he hears the, if he hears gunfire in the distance while we're walking, he wants to get, he like starts moving his little legs really, really fast. If you don't know Bug, he's a chihuahua, so he's small. Um, and uh, so he, he walks really quick. He wants to just get home as fast as he can. If he hears fireworks, I will often find him um, hiding out in my closet. Um, he feels like it's safe. He can't hear them as well because there's no windows in there. Um, and often he's whimpering and oftentimes he's shaking in there. The other night on our walk, I had actually taken a break from writing this sermon um, to take him on his nightly walk. And uh, he'd been so excited to go for this walk. He'd been laying at my feet and occasionally jumping up on me like, it's the evening, you're not supposed to be working. Um, and uh, but, but very shortly after we left our house, there's two homes near us that are having some work done on them. And he heard a nail gun, which to him sounded like a gunshot or a firework. We can add nail gun to the list of things he doesn't like to hear. Um, you could tell he wanted to double back to the house, but that would mean he would have to walk past the houses where the noises was coming from. And so he, he kind of nervously walked around and kept scurrying forward. And every house we would come to, he would walk up the driveway like, like we need to, and he would turn around and look at me kind of whimpering, like we need to get in here fast now. I don't know who lives here, but we are in danger out here. <laughs> Every house he kept doing this at, he wanted to get me and him to safety. So finally, at one point, I was trying to calm him down. And so I picked him up and I carried him a little way around the corner so he couldn't see the construction trucks that were there. The reminder of that noise, it did dawn on me that we were having our own little footprints in the sand kind of moment as I carried him around the corner of the parking lot. And all the while, I was trying to calm him. 
Um, I was saying, you are safe. I will take care of you. You're fine. You're not in danger. We are not in danger. So I put him down. Um, at this point, we haven't heard the, the nail gun for a few minutes, but the thought of possible danger continued to consume his walk. Even as we're around on another street, he can't see the trucks. Again, remember, this was a walk he had been pestering me to take him on. He was so excited about it, but he couldn't enjoy it because he kept listening for the sound of what he thought was danger. I think this lines up with, with God, what God would say to our Enneagram sixes, or that, that part of us that becomes too concerned with what could happen. God would say, enjoy the walk. I've got this. You're loved and cared for in ways you do not even understand. Use your powers for good. Don't, don't hold on to what you have too tight. Don't miss the walk of this life for the fear of what could go wrong or in your quest for certainty. Don't look for other people, other ideas, other political parties to give you safety. God would pick you up and carry you for a little while and whisper in your ear, you are safe. You are loved.